0: Hello, my name is Tom Boone. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we will give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we have for you this week. Coming up in today's show, I'm joined by a very special guest, Kerry White, who was a member of cabin crew on the British Airways Boeing 747. For those of you who aren't aware, last week British Airways bid farewell to the Boeing 747 with the final 2 aircraft departing its Heathrow base on Thursday. Unfortunately, a double departure couldn't take place, but that didn't stop a wonderful occasion that struggled to leave a single dry eye. So Kerry, thanks for coming on our podcast today. I just wanted to start by asking you how long were you working on the 747?
1: Hi Tom. Um Yeah, I've been flying for British Airways for a while now, but 14 years ago I was given the opportunity to take a secondment from where I was originally working on short haul on the smaller jets over to worldwide, um, which would have seen me working on um, the 747. Um, I was due to be there for three months and operated my first flight down to Sydney via Bangkok luckily um they offered me the opportunity to stay on worldwide and as i'd fallen in love with the 747 and the places that it took me to i decided to stay on the fleet and uh sadly the 14th of march this year saw my final flight over to chicago um if i had one wish regarding i regarding the 7.4, i wish i'd known that was my last flight i would have made a lot more memories and so taken a lot more photo opportunities however i am incredibly grateful That I managed to stay uh, on it for so long, for 14 years, and obviously make the memories that I did.
0: Mm, I think um, that's a wish that's shared by a lot of passengers as well. Um, Mm. And so, obviously, you weren't able to make so many uh, memories on that last flight because you weren't aware it was your last flight. But what is your best memory of working on the Boeing 747?
1: Um so many. I have so many memories. It's been it's very hard to actually choose just one. You can one. give us a couple uh, if you like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well actually if I go back to my very first flight that I just mentioned. Um mm. I think because it was the it was sort of the biggest um experience of my long-haul flying career just because of the the aircraft was so iconic to fly on um and I felt absolutely honored and no amount of training could have basically given me an insight as to what it's like to fly on the 747 as crew. Um, On my very first flight, um, I worked number 10 position, which for those that don't know, was actually very back of the aircraft. I sit at the very far right uh, at the rear of the aircraft, right next to the tail. And um, I wasn't used to the bigger jets. I was used to smaller jets and I wasn't expecting the aircraft to be as heavy as it was. I didn't even think about it. And as we were rolling for takeoff, it was hurtling down the runway. Uh, And I kept thinking on a number of occasions, we should have taken off by now. We should have taken off by now. Uh, And as we ran to the end of the runway, um, I had this apprehension and I was holding my breath thinking we're actually gonna run out of tarmac here. Um, The the, the aircraft then, the nose just lifted up very, very gently. And she just had this little pause and then soared up into the sky. Um, And that's a a moment that I'll never forget. And also staring out the window at this time, um, because as you probably know, on a short haul jet, we would uh, be out of our seats pretty much immediately to do the service once it's safe. Um, But on the long haul jets, you you have a bit more time to play with. So you kind of just stay put for a little while. And uh, I was looking out the window And I noticed the wing was just rising up and rising up. And um, I kind of was very surprised to sort of think, hang on, the the wingtip was at the bottom of the window when we took off. And now it's kind of raising up towards the top. And um, it just gave me an insight as the amount of lift that the aircraft required to, you know, to actually, to to climb the way it did. Um, But uh, absolutely, I mean, so many, you know, experiences on my first jet and um, on the first flight, sorry, that I I took on the 7-4, Yeah, and lots of other little things have happened in the past, but um, there's too many. There are far too many to to pick out favourites. To be fair,
0: no worries. I mean, um, I'm sure everyone's got their favourites, but it's still wonderful to hear about your first flight. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's something that everyone always remembers is their first flight, regardless of whether they're a passenger, a crew, or the pilot. So.
1: Exactly. Yes, indeed. (laughs)
0: Um, So, how did the Boeing 747 help you grow in your role at British Airways?
1: Well, um, as I say, I was flying on Short Haul originally Mm. and um, going over to Long Haul, I knew that it was going to change my role somewhat. Um, Different service, different experiences, um, you know, different walks of life coming on board. And um, I think one of the one of my biggest fears, should I say, when I went over to the 747 was that I was going to be facing what we call our um, e-zone, which is the very back cabin. Um, And it's just I had this fear of walking through the curtain and seeing this huge sea of faces. Um, And I was very nervous about that. But actually what the 747 did under the first obviously trip I did was four sectors, very full sectors um, on this 747. And by the time I'd landed back into London after these four sectors, I'd gained a lot of confidence. So the first thing it did is gave me more confidence in dealing with larger numbers of people and actually almost being in front of an audience at times, um, especially when doing the safety demonstration and also um, you know, when you're at the front of the cabin starting to serve um, food and drink. Um, And the other sort of thing that it it did as well is um, I was very lucky to be included in some um, ground trials for our new Club World Service back in 2017. So it became over at the engineering base in Heathrow, it became our home for, you know, a good few weeks whilst we went on board and trialled out this new service. And um, I think as as a result of that, um, you know, it it opened the doors to a few more opportunities for me to... a bit more input and get involved in other um, projects and opportunities which were designed uh, and happening to you know help to enhance the experience and enjoyment for our customers Um, and then the other thing i would say is that um, working on the upper deck now the upper deck otherwise known as the bubble on our 747s it had um, a different feel to it to the rest of the aircraft Um, and we had our first cabin obviously which is very exclusive um, but the upper deck it was almost like a private jet. And as a result of that, um, there were only 20 flatbed seats on the upper deck. And because um, the, the, you had two cabin crew on the upper deck, it was more of a personal race, ratio of crew to customers. Um, and it kind of automatically sort of enticed you into giving a very much more personal service to our customers on up there. So when when it, when came the time, 12 years after joining Long Haul and working on the um, you know, in first, on the 747s and the company decided that I'd, uh, you know, they'd let me loose in first class, Um, I felt a lot more confident doing so um, because it just felt it was sort of similar, you know, or similar ratio really. Um, And we felt, I felt very confident in, you know, speaking to our customers in first.
0: That's good to hear. Um, And obviously, you're going to be very sort of well-versed in the Boeing 747 having worked on it so long. So, how would you describe the aircraft to somebody who's never flown on one?
1: Um, Well, she... (laughs) She was probably the, the most graceful, most iconic aircraft that we had. She was absolutely monumental in size. Um, she had, I mean, just to give you an idea of the sort of scope of its size, there was anything up to seven individual sort of cabin sections. We had a total of 10 um, cabin doors on the main deck and two upstairs. And. Um, oh gosh, I mean, there were four galley kitchens, there were, you know, 12 ovens within them to serve everybody, you know, hot meals throughout the flights, one, two occasions, um, she carried 345 passengers and, um, it, the aircraft had enough space to have four different types of seats on board, which, you know, as most um, our customers would know these days as our first Club World, um, World Traveller and World Traveller Plus cabins. Um, and two of those, the obviously the first in the club were flatbeds um, and some of our actual aircrafts. Um, had up to 86 business class or club world flat beds flat beds sorry um and uh it was a very sort of luxurious carrier anyway a luxurious carrier luxurious aircraft and we'd added another element of luxury actually being able to get a, a good night's sleep on these aircraft as well. There's lots of areas on the 747, it's because it's both so spacious. Um, So many places you can go stretch your legs um, and the windows always seem, especially on the upper deck, the windows always seem bigger as well. Um, And there was a lot more space on the upper deck um, you know, around the sort of window areas, the seats, had extra locker space. And people often used it as a sort of an overspill as their own personal office. You'd often see, you know, a couple of laptops appear and people were working throughout the flight and, and in peace and quiet. Obviously, at the time, um, before we had Wi-Fi on board, they weren't able to uh, be interrupted. So um, it was quite it was quite nice for them to be able to get on with work or just relax as they wished. And um, on board, we also had a lift in the galley um, so we could take food from the um, upper deck to the lower deck and vice versa. There was enough space for 20 cabin crew, for pilots. Um, One of the the quirkiest things about the 747, which I absolutely loved, was um, a lot of things that not many people knew, unless you were lucky enough to travel in first, is it had two lavatories in first class in in the cabin there. And uh, one of them had a window. Um, and on the ground the window would be frosted but as soon as you were airborne the window could be used as a regular viewing window so you can go into the bathroom brush your teeth etc and you could be looking out across the clouds whilst you're in the bathroom Um, which i always found to be uh, quite astounding and it's a lovely little feature that it had
0: (laughs) yeah i mean um i can just imagine sort of watching the lights go by as you're brushing your teeth must be pretty amazing (laughs)
1: It's very strange. It is one of the strange little quirky things Mm -hmm. as crew. I think we're going to miss about the 747. Yeah, definitely.
0: So, how did you feel saying goodbye to the aircraft on Thursday? I know I wasn't even there and I was feeling a bit sad watching the proceedings.
1: Um, yeah, I, uh, I I think I'd speak for so many people here to say, you know, there was an element of being an emotional wreck at one point. Um, I was actually on a trip. I, I sat in um, Singapore. Um, I was in my hotel room and ironically, um, looking out at a runway and an airfield in Singapore, where there was a lot of aircraft parked up with the engine covers on, um, grounded at the moment, obviously, like many other airports have grounded jets too, and um, um, managed to get the live feed, the live stream up from BA um, and I was watching their final their final send-off there, and um I was pretty much holding it together pretty well um, until um, initially I saw the as the aircraft crossed the sort of finish line that we have over at Engineering Base and uh the flag came out of the um the roof hatch, the roof escape hatch. And uh, that was my first sort of wobble. Um and as they taxied out, um I could feel I can feel myself even now getting quite emotional. <laughs> um, but as I taxied out, um, I kind of fully burst into tears as I witnessed the two jets just just edge onto the runway. And as they were approaching or going onto the runway, it looked like one was kissing the other goodbye and as if they're not going to see each other again. Um, And that was, I think that's where I really broke down. and just the weather on the day—it would have been lovely if it was a sunny day, and they, you know, they could have been seen for, for many miles up into the sky. However, I think that the weather actually really complemented the mood. It was a very, you know, gloomy day for, mm. a, for quite a sad event, really.
0: Yeah, and I feel um, like the music that they ended on at the end as well was just. I think it topped it all off. You know, that's when I was yeah. I was caught. Cool.
1: <laughs> I, I, I still can't watch um there's so many things I've watched since. Even landing back home um on Sunday, I was still um yeah, looking at people's videos and nods to the 747s and uh yeah it still it still gets me now and i'll, I'll probably be like that for a while it's it's strange think you can get so emotional over a piece of uh, a machinery but uh it's just played such a huge part in both my love of aviation and my flying career as you know as it's meant so many things to, to so many others and it's really hard to say goodbye even knowing that you know um her presence was going to come to an end at some point soon um anyway but yeah
0: yeah <laughs> yeah I mean especially for me it was um especially because they had the uh, Nagus livery aircraft departing, and I just remember mm-hmm. like just over a year ago, I was at Heathrow sort of welcoming it back from the paint job um the paint shop, oh. so it's just crazy how much has changed in a year, but um obviously now the boeing seven four seven is no longer part of the British Airways fleet, so what's next for you?
1: Well, I'm still flying. I'm um, still flying long haul. And um, we do have um, our other Boeing aircraft. We've got the, the 777, 777 and the uh, 787 Dreamliner. We've got three different variants of the 7.8 that are slowly arriving with us, um, the Dash 10 being the latest, and also um, got the Airbus A350. Um, I mean, I know they're not the same as our beloved 747s. Um, they don't have the same um, awesome history, um, but they do have their individual benefits and qualities and little quirks, which our customers love and crew as well. Um, so I'm sure in time they'll come to be... Um, our favourites, um, and we'll have our favourites, but um, the new aircraft we are acquiring, um, obviously for a reason, they are much more economic, um, they're kinder to the environment, and they're, they're helping to contribute to British Airways' goal of achieving zero net emissions by 2050. Um, so I'll, um, you know, coming up as well, um, I'm also going to be back trained again, once again, to fly on the, um, the smaller jets, the um, Airbus family. Uh, a 319 19 2021 20, um, so I can again operate these short haul and domestic flights and I'm quite looking forward to that because it means that um, you know I can return to some of the European and British cities that I um, I really love uh, once again.
0: So um do you have a favorite of the new aircraft yet or is it the jury still out?
1: <laughs> oh, that's, that's, a, that's a question of bias, that one. Um, <laughs> I, I, I always used to say I was a Boeing girl um, mm. and I am still a Boeing girl very much, but um, oh goodness, I, I really do actually quite like a lot of the features um, from both a crew and a customer perspective on our Airbus A350. Um I think it's got the new um the new club suite. That's lovely, um, yeah. It is lovely, yes. It's uh, it's certainly got a lot a lot of lovely features um on there, certain, and it does feel a lot more personal um and private. Um and I think as from a crew perspective, there's a lot of technology on there which enables us to um work very effectively um as crew and, and, and quite quickly. Um, the other thing though I do love, I, I do love our dream line as our 787s. Obviously they're they're designed with um a healthier perspective in mind. You know, we have our um fresh air uh, on board, we have um the ability to and this is the favourite thing about it I think is the ability to actually look through the window when the window blind is technically closed. Um, with, our dimmable windows, and I really wish we could have that on every aircraft now because I just think it's um, it's a fabulous feature. Um, you know, customers can relax and sleep whilst others still look out the window, and I think it's um, yeah, it's it's lovely. I, I just think that's one of my favourites. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm the jewellery's out at the moment on my favourites. I I love the triple seven as well. We have so many different variants of triple seven, um, which all have sort of different. Um, you know, sort of really positive things about them. So, um, yeah, I'll, we'll see. We'll see. And of course, I'm going on to short haul as well soon. So, it could be that I decide I suddenly like the A321 again. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, we'll look forward to um, seeing what you do decide once you've had the chance to try them all out again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, yeah, it's um to me at the moment, it's just a pleasure to get on a, a, a a plane and be able to you know to go somewhere so it's um mm. and it's, it's nice to see passengers with us at the moment which is great so yeah
0: mm. well hopefully i will be back as one of those passengers with you soon um but um, thank you so much for your time today kerry
1: no you're more than welcome tom and we look forward to welcoming you back on board again soon
0: thank you um so that's it for today's podcast we hope you enjoyed it and we welcome any feedback at podcast at simpleflying.com For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating on your favourite podcast player. Thanks for listening.